Welcome to Soulful Conversations with S.A. and her friends, Brittany, Ja, and Bernard. Listen in as they discuss everything from relationships to finances and everything in between. Every Sunday, you can tune in at www.sabentertainment.com. Soulful Conversations with S.A. and Friends. Can we talk? Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Soulful Conversations with S.A. and her friends. All right, I'm going to get everyone to speak out and say hello to the friends. Well, hello, everyone. This is uh, Bernard. Greetings. This is Ja. Happy to be here once again. Hi, it is Brittany Métis. As always, thanks for having me, S.A. All right, guys, I appreciate you. You already know this. I tell you every time I get a chance that you guys resign. So I started off light because my heart is really heavy. All I can say is how many more? In February, Ahmaud Arbery. In March, Breonna Taylor. Now here we are in May. We have George Floyd, who we don't know what what Mr. Aubrey was saying. We don't know what Miss Taylor was saying, but we do know what Mr. Floyd was saying. And although he had a knee on his neck, he was telling them, I can't breathe. And we've heard those three words before. Mr. Garner, I can't breathe. He said, my stomach hurts. My neck hurts. They're going to kill me. Tonight's episode, we're going to discuss what is so threatening about Black people, specifically our Black men. Why are they so threatened by us? I can't remember the lady's name. Maybe someone can chime in that called the police on the gentleman because he asked her to put a leash on her dog? I believe her name was Amy Cooper, if I'm not, I think, Amy Cooper. Okay, but she called the police because he asked her to put a leash on her dog. Now, I'm sure she'll say it went down another way, but he recorded it, so what other way could it have gone down? What was so threatening about asking her to do what she's supposed to do? Is it because she was threatened by him? What could be so threatening about put your dog on a leash? So this is where we are in America. And I dare to say this is where we've been in America. I know African-Americans have their civil rights, but based on the actions of today, do we really have all of our civil rights? I mean, really? Ja, what's your thought on the matter? Well, I'm frustrated. One, because of, all right, well, let's take it to Amy in New York. And then I can kind of add in some of my own personal stories going to college in Colorado. So Amy, walking her dog through Central Park, and there's a law that you have to put your dog on a leash. She doesn't have her dog on a leash. so. This man is recording her and basically asked her to put her dog on the leash. Now, instead of them going back and forth, 
And what's so crazy is she knows this. I'm going to call the police and I'm going to tell them there's a black man assaulting me. Or that, that didn't even use the word assault, but there's a black man in the park. I feel threatened. Like she knows to say that. And that's what majority of like, I'm just go ahead and say it because I'm upset. Majority of white people, they know. Like, yo, if if you you want to get something done, you want to get a rise out of the cops, just say it's a black man. And then next thing you know, the cops show up, they show up, you're ready to shoot, ready to do whatever. And that irritates me because the, it's true. You can do that. And it's been happening where you can just say something and say there's a black man down here. And they show up, shoot first, ask questions later. Like, And then I'm happy the, the man that videotaped it, nothing happened to him. But he could have died. The cops could have showed up and they could have killed him. And then she goes back around and she's apologizing because she lost her job over it. Oh, yeah. The backlash. I forgot who interviewed her. I don't know if it was CNN or, or somebody interviewed her. She apologized, but she was an investment banker or something. She lost her job. And I'm at the point now where it's like, good. I don't care. Because I know she probably didn't want him to die, but that's what the outcome could have been. And the whole thing with George, it's like, really, dude, you're, you're on his neck. At what point do you have any kind of feeling or compassion to like, all right, that's enough. Like, you're literally, your whole weight is on his neck. He didn't have his foot on the ground and his knee in his neck. No, he had his foot off the ground and his knee on his neck, all his weight. You got people down there trying to explain to him. And the crazy thing about it is this isn't just black people standing there videotaping, talking about, yo, you stop. It was some white people there, some white women there. Like, yo, can you stop doing that? And at what point do, and it never registers that this is a human being that you're doing this to? I'm, I'm, it's, it's anger. But, yeah, I don't know, man, I'm just, I don't know what to do. So let me ask you this, Ja, and Bernard, and Brittany. I mean, personally, if a cop gets behind me, I get nervous. I really, really do. And because I want to do everything right, I want to make sure I don't do anything to upset them. Because at the end of that traffic stop, if there is one, I could be dead. So, Brittany, talk to us. What's your thought on the matter? Just makes me sad to keep hearing about what's going on. But really what I've been thinking about and praying about, we really can't make a change. And it boils down to what leadership we have. It wasn't even an immediate statement from our president about these issues that occurred. And I feel like all the progress that we've made under Obama's leadership, it's like we're going backwards. It's giving an excuse for these openly public racist like, they're not getting punished. Like, there's so many people, so many police officers who've got paid leave for killing people, for killing innocent people. It's just giving an open public forum, like, you know what? We have this president who's openly racist, who's openly sexist, who's doing all these things. What It kind of gives people the freedom, like before, when we had people who are racist in the privacy of their own home. Now they're just being open with it because there's not much punishment that's happening. And quickly. 
people are dying with no justice. That's the problem. People need to get out there and vote and not just for the president, but like public, like local officers, everything, because it's never we're going to go back. I feel like we're going backwards to slavery times. That's really how I feel. And one other thing, I mean, I saw one post that said that it's not that we're that people are being more racist is now that it's being filmed. And it also makes me think about all those issues that we're not seeing, all these people that are dying or all these people that are locked up and in prison for crimes they haven't committed. So I don't know. And I hear the passion in your voice. You're right. It is being filmed now because honestly, if Rod or Roddy or whatever they were calling him here in Georgia, whatever his nickname is, if he had not been recording, We never would have heard about Mr. Aubrey. Never. And that's the sad part, that you have to record these things in order to get some form of justice. Yeah, the four police officers involved with uh, Mr. Floyd shooting, they've been fired. But I'm certain that they know that is not enough. It's got to be second degree murder. It's got to be. Bernard, what do you think? I agree with you, too. I, just being uh, terminated is not enough. I watched the video. I actually watched the video prior to the cops. Actually, they, the police officer was parked across the street. They walked across the street to his car with two other passengers in it. And they had a conversation, and all of a sudden, they all got out. And they set him down. But then I, I guess the supervisor drove up. He gave the supervisor uh, George information, and then the supervisor left, and then they walked him back across the street. That's when the confrontation started, when they walked him across the street to their car. Again, they show, has people showing that this guy, his knee is right here in the throat where you can, you can cut off his ass. And it just bothers me that and first of all, he was complaining that the cuffs was too tight when they were walking across the street. And then he put his knee right there to cut off his wind, his air. <sighs> that enough alone, it, to me, was foul play right there. And then the, him saying he can't breathe. And of course, if you can't breathe, you're going to start struggling because you, you're trying to gas with some air. Anybody, white, black, Chinese, whoever, human beings. Is going to struggle. Now that they're trying to resist you, they're trying to get some air. They're trying to stay alive. It really bothers me now that, you know, <clears throat> I, I, I don't know. That just bothered me as a black man or not just a black man, as a human being. Treating a human being that way. The woman in the park is Amy Cooper. And the sad thing about her is she had the lease in her hand and the dog was fighting all that time when, when he was asking, ma'am, just put your dog on the lease. The dog was fighting. She had actually, she was doing more harm to a pet than he was. But are you saying now if I walk up to a white person and I say, uh, the law states that you cannot walk your dog without a lease. Well, who are you? You're a black man. We have no authority. No, I don't. But the, but the law is the law. Do I have a right to voice that to you, whether I'm black or white? And I think she looked at it for him, the black man talking to me like this. He can't talk to me like this. 
It's just sad. It's just sad. I'm kind of lost. I'm kind of hurt at the same time, mad at the same time. But something got to be done. Uh, Brittany did say we need to, it's the people we have in office. It has to start somewhere. And I never understood, I never, and I mean, I need to start researching this, is how certain people stay in office so long. I mean, I think it should be uh, just like any other office, a mayor, president. You do terms, and after your term, move forward. We got folks still sitting there that's been sitting there for years. So, I don't know. I'm lost. So, I hope I can. It's a touch, touchy subject for me. I just lost my cousin, but it's the same reason. Uh, wasn't by a police officer, not a police officer on duty, but trying to break up a fight and he gets shot. So, I'm just, I don't know. I'm out there, but I'm okay. It just frustrates me as a black man nowadays. Well, you know, you guys mentioned the leadership, and Bernard, you talked about how some legislators get to stay in office so long. That's because the people keep voting them in. A senator has a six-year term. So every six years, the senator has to rerun, or whatever the word is I'm looking for, he has to run again. And so the people in his state or her state is still voting them in. Yes, it's the leadership, but at the same time, it's the voters because you see what your legislators are doing, but you don't do anything about it. Voting for them is not like how the president's election is. We worry about so much voting for who's going to run the country or who's going to be the governor of our state, who's going to be the mayor of our city. And no, we may not put a lot of emphasis on the legislators that are running in our district. I'm guilty for that. But I think that's something we need to be more educated on and be more focused on now. Not who actually running the country. Yeah, we want to know who running the country, but we need to go down to the root there. That's just something we need to be more, I guess, educated on. I guess I'm a little ignorant at that state. Because I always focus on you know, the governor and, of course, the mayor and then the president. But I'm not looking at those, those bottom lines, those in the middle. And honestly, you don't have a lot of advertising. I just did early voting, and there were some names I had never heard of. You're right on that point. It gets down to as well, like, as a people, and I mean, we can all be guilty of this. We Google and research so many other things in life. We can look it up. Like, the information is at our fingertips. I just know so many of my, even my peer group that just don't vote or like even now with everyone criticizing the Democratic presidential candidate, how he says one thing that's wrong. Oh, okay. I'm going independent. I'm not voting. That's all a part of the problem. Trump has said so many horrible, awful things. And I'm not trying to make this a political conversation, but it really, really boils down to it. And He's not being ridiculed, but like with the statement that Biden recently said, people and people I know personally are like, well, I'm not voting for him anymore. So then who are you voting for? They'll choose not to vote. And not voting is a vote. Right. That's what people need to understand. Yep, exactly. Not voting is your vote. Yeah. How can we solve this problem? I mean, not just the four of us, but as a whole, what is a solution to this problem? Is it more awareness? Is it more education? What can we do as a group of people to help this situation other than record it and hope that the powers that be do the right thing? 
one, like you said, be aware, aware of everything that's going on, which it's people are doing because they're, they're pulling out phones. But at the same time, too, like us as black people, African-American, like it's got to be us. It's like I feel it now. It's got to be about us. Like we got to care for each other. They're doing what they think we do to ourselves. If they think we kill ourselves, then it's like, yo, you mean nothing to me. If I was on the street and I had my knee in a dog's neck, yo, it'd be everybody be, I'd be in jail. I'd be under the jail. I'd probably death penalty or something. But if you would get whooped. Yeah, but it's like we have to see each other and love each other. Because half of it is just the idea of like, I believe it's like you don't like what you see. So it's like black men, black women, like it's got to be us. Like we always, like we say ride or die. We got to ride or die for us because nobody else is. I think it was Melanie Fiona. She posted a reporter interview with this young black dude. In Minneapolis, like, what do you guys, what has to be done for this to stop? And he was like, like we said, it's got to come from legislation. Like, it's not us. I mean, people think it's us killing us, but at the same time, it's like, yo, you got these police officers that are literally, and people, white people, just taking it upon themselves, kill a couple of black people, and move on. And then you get some racist people that's going to support them. Like, fine, y'all do that. But me over here, my black people, it's us. It's got to be that. As much as we have, like, these attitudes towards each other, forget it, man. It's got to be us. That's the why. And that's the how. For me, that's the how. So, John, help me out a little bit. When you say it's got to be us, what do we have to do? Or what do we need to do? We need to respect each other. Mm. We need to look out for each other. If we're walking down the road and there's somebody uh, Black that needs help, we need to help them. We need to educate each other about, you know, who's this congressman, who's this congresswoman that's getting ready to get reelected. Should we do it? No, we need to educate each other and be like, this is why you vote. Like you said, not voting is a vote for the Republican. Not voting for Biden, who you gonna vote for, nobody to vote for, is a vote for Trump. You just went ahead and voted for Trump. And that's the thing, like, you gotta have a sit down. And you're like, yo, this is what you gotta do. And we, we just gotta help each other. We don't gotta fight each other. We don't gotta kill each other. We just gotta help each other. We gotta be more educated. We gotta get more involved in our community. I'm first to say I I just heard this found out today. I didn't know that we voted for the district attorney. When I heard the ad of um what's the district attorney for Atlanta? The black guy. Can't think of his name now, but there's a lady running against him and said like it's time for him to be out because of all this crime he had allowed. I didn't even know this. For me, it's time for me to be more educated about who's in our district and in our area and get more involved in community. I think we just need to be more involved and be more educated and more aware, starting with our area first, and then hopefully everyone does their job and it moves on and, and grows throughout the country. It's my opinion. 
Guys, it's going to take a lot of work, but I believe it can be done. We just have to, like y'all said, we just got to come together. You got hundreds and hundreds, and I'll always say this, and this is probably another podcast, another episode, but hundreds of years of that slavery mentality, that separation. A great ruler said, if you want to control a people, separate them, divide them, and you can conquer them. And that's what has been happening to Black people for years and years and years. So we've got to find a way to come together, and the game is over. If we find a way to come together, the game is over. Yeah, I agree with you 100% on that one. Yeah, we come together. We are a divided people. Yep. But we are powerful people. We ever can unite together as a people, as a race. We're the most powerful on your earth. I believe that. I always said that. You know, mm-hmm. heard Farrakhan talk about that. That's right. Like, people know it. That's why they're so threatened. They know it. They know it. Yeah. I got a short story that I'll tell. So this goes back to, I say, when you were talking about why do white people feel so threatened? I was in college playing football. Believe it or not, I'm bigger than I actually am now. I think I was at like 195, 200 pounds. Got pulled over. Got out of the car. The cop told me to get out of the car. I was like, all right, fine. I got out of the car. Of course, I'm standing taller than the cop. I'm nervous because it's a cop. Do you know he was scared? As soon as I stepped out of the car, I kid you not, he said, oh, shit, and pulled out two handcuffs, flicked them together, and then put me in handcuffs. How are you having a law enforcement job and you're scared? I understand you can be scared. You can be scared. But that type of scare causes you to, you accidentally pulled out your gun instead of your taser and you shot me. And you're taught to shoot to kill. I mean, when I heard him say that, for the rest of my life, I was like, these police officers are scared. Oh, yeah, they're scared. They're scared. They're scared that we are going to come together. They're scared. Oh, yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we've had a very good episode. We hope you enjoy our conversation. It's just talk, folks, but we do have a serious matter on our hands. And Black people, we need to come together because the game is over. When we can link hands and just say no more. Just say no more. Again, thank you for listening to this episode of Soulful Conversations with S.A. and her friends. Everybody. Um, we'll see them next week. Thank you, everybody. We appreciate you. Bye. See y'all next week. All right. See you guys next week. Have a good one. Thanks for joining us today as we kept the conversation going. Nothing like a soulful conversation to get your week started. Tune in every week with S.A. and her friends, Brittany, Ja, and Bernard. Can we talk?